and welcome to Small Town Big Business, a podcast about doing big business in small town middle America. I'm your host, Allison Hassler with Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals. And I'm Russell Williams. I'm director of Ethos. We're a small business incubator, co-working spaces, training and development here in downtown Marion, Illinois. In fact, we're coming to you from the Citadel building, historic building here on Tower Square Plaza. We want to thank our sponsors for making the Small Town Big Business Podcast possible. That includes Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond Harley-Davidson and RV, Swinford Media Group, the Watermark Auto Group Foundation, Fowler Heating and Cooling, and also Union Street Arts. And remember, you can subscribe anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And today we have a very unique business. I can't wait to dive in. It is with Josh Walker of Pro Prep and fulfillment. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Thank you for joining us today. Yep. How you doing today, Josh? Good. I'm doing pretty good. Good. How about yourself? I'm very happy to have you here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, excited about it. I am too. So, Josh, just a very high overview. What is pro prep and what fulfillment? What is pro prep and fulfillment? <laughs> <laughs> I get to ask that question all the time. <laughs> so, we're an e-commerce uh, fulfillment center. Uh, we cater to small business owners from around the world that sell online. So most people know of Amazon, but there's many platforms and shopping carts that people use to sell their goods, uh, like Amazon, Shopify, uh, Walmart.com, WooCommerce. There's a multitude of, of avenues, but we are the middleman between the seller and the customer in not so many words. So we handle the products for the customer. Um, who may not want to have those products in their garage or have their own facility. Um, they send their products to us, we do all the prep and warehousing services and then send those products on to either another fulfillment center or direct to their customer. Okay. And what's your background? How did you move from where you lived and what you did to what you're doing now? So, um, I grew up in Marion, graduated from Marion. Um, joined the army not too long after graduating high school uh was in the army for six and a half years 82nd airborne did a tour in iraq um i i've always had an interest in um in working with my hands and uh, had an interest in engineering so i went back to school for mechanical engineering graduated from siu and started working for local company ison manufacturing okay. where i was an injection molding engineer um, Sounds complicated, but basically we inject plastic into molds and make make parts for vehicles. Um, and Eisen is our car manufacturing. Correct, here in Marion. Uh, they're a Japanese-based company. Uh, they've got three facilities here in Marion. I uh, worked at the facility that focused on door handle components and sunroof components. Mm -hmm. um, so with that job, I got to travel the world. Uh, Japan, obviously, multiple times. Uh, China, Mexico, Canada. Austria, all over the place, got to experience the world, um, uh, mainly specking out injection machine equipment, testing that equipment, and um, the molds associated with that. Um, but it came, I came to a point in time where I wanted to, I knew I could handle my own business. Mm -hmm. uh, I was already managing multiple people. Um, had always had always managed people with whether it be the army or uh, in that position, um, and just wanted to take my skill set and have more control over what I do. So mm -hmm. that led me to this 
business, um, but in a roundabout way. Mm -hmm. uh, the previous owner and I were friends for a very long time. Uh, he had a following online where he was teaching people how to sell their, their products online. He had opened this business to cater to that crowd um, and then just got to a point where he was ready to move on. And I was ready to move on from my job. Um, being that I was in the manufacturing field for so long, uh, I felt like there was a pretty direct connection to what we're doing at our warehouse and what I was doing as an engineer mm -hmm. for an automotive company. So uh, bought the business from him three years ago and uh, took it and ran with it. Uh, we've over more than tripled our, um, our income the past several years here, um, widened our, um, our reach, our customer reach and our services. And um, yeah, just uh, continuing that growth and trying to scale at the same time and be able to control that growth, um, not, get, not let it get out of our hands. Yeah. So. so for those that are un <clears throat> unfamiliar mm -hmm. with the logistics of shipping and fulfillment, can you walk us through those steps? So let's say that I'm a consumer and I buy a product on walmart.com, but it's being shipped to my house. Um, of course, we can use Amazon too because everybody's familiar with that. Uh, but occasionally it'll say fulfilled by something else, even if you're shopping in Walmart. Mm -hmm. So can you walk us through the logistics of where that came from and what happens with that product? Sure, to take it a few steps back, um, these platforms like Walmart.com, like Amazon, like Shopify, that company isn't the, the company selling all of the goods. Um, you yourself can have a business and sell your products on those platforms as well. You're using their traffic um, to help get exposure to your goods and sell. So uh, in, in those situations, you can either have those companies fulfill your products for you or you can have a third-party service like us fulfill that, or you can do it yourself. Obviously, doing it yourself is not scalable, mm -hmm. so most people choose to go with a service like us. Uh, the reason being is there's more control, more direct interaction with us versus trying to get a hold of someone at Walmart or Amazon. Uh, we can customize your packaging um, and, and all of those solutions, but the, the workflow would be once a customer purchases a product, we are integrated with the seller's shopping cart or their seller account, those orders flow to us directly. Uh, then we create pick lists, um, we pick, pack, and ship those products and send them out. And then that automatically updates the seller's account. So it's pretty seamless for the seller. They manage the selling of the goods, we manage everything else behind the scenes. Wow, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. So then the, uh, the business model and the revenue model, does that come directly from the cost of the goods sold or is that, is it a flat fee for, or some sort of a contract with the seller itself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all seller specific and their goods mm -hmm. and what types of services they need us to provide. Mm -hmm. um, we'll, we'll set that up uh, upfront. And then it's usually a per item fee Okay. Um, per order. It really just depends on the structure of the customer's business and their product type. Wow. Yeah. And your location, it's a rather large building in downtown Marion. You said you've been there for six years. The business has been in operation for six years. Okay, um, I that's, purchased but that's it. not where you started. No, it started in a basement, wow. actually. Um, well before my time, started in a basement, moved on to some other locations where they ended up at this final location. Uh, we've got about 25,000 square feet. Um, 
lots of racking, lots of shelving, uh, multiple workstations and cells. And um, yeah, we've got room for growth, but eventually we're gonna need some more space. And talk, tell us about some of the clients. Give us examples of the clients that you're providing services, shipment services for. Sure. Um, Very interesting, I've, probably, I've seen it. Probably better to talk about the service types. Maybe. Sure, okay. Um, so the customers uh, and products that are sold, everything's different, everything's unique. So to break up the business into chunks of what we do, um, the prep services piece, uh, customers will send us their goods. They need to be barcoded, um, poly bag, bubble wrapped. Some things go into kits or bundles to where we can do multi-packs or if they send us all the components, we kit those together into the final piece and barcode those. Then we can case pack, palletize, um, all the prep services required to get things ready to sell. Including if the client wants a certain look for that package, their branding or something. Right, right. And that's where some of that control with a 3PL like us, um, they can have direct interaction with us, tell us what they need, send us all their components. We can work through their specific their specific layout within the packaging, the packaging itself, um, insert cards, all of that stuff. So then the other couple of sections, um, next would be the uh, pick, pack, and ship model, uh, e-commerce fulfillment. You hear all kinds of terms for it, but mm -hmm. basically it's the shopping cart model where customers are selling online, they get orders, those orders come to us, we pick, pack, and ship those items and then ship those on to their end customer individually. Um, we also ship those goods direct to an Amazon fulfillment center. Mm -hmm. So Amazon has all of their f big, gigantic, uh, and very large fulfillment centers around the U.S. Uh, we would send to one of those uh, where Amazon would pick, pack, and ship direct to their customer as order as, as orders come through. Um, that's uh, typically the Amazon Prime model is what you'll see. Mm -hmm. Those products coming from their fulfillment centers, um, and then. To get back into the kitting and bundling piece, um, there's a lot of branded customers. They have their own brand. They've got either wholesale products that they white label to their own brand name, or they've got their own product that they've patented or came up with it, that um, we do all of the kit work for them specifically. So um, some some of that stuff gets pretty intricate. Mm -hmm. um, we've got, we've got, um, products with a couple components up to 10, 15, 20 components. They all have to go in a certain way. Um, of course, everything has to get packed the same exact way. Um, if you commingle products, once you've, um, once you've packed something incorrectly and mixed that with good products, there's mm -hmm. no way to tell without opening everything up. So quality mm -hmm. control is very key as well with, with all those processes. Mm -hmm. And let's talk about location. <clears throat> so sure. Location, location, location. Yeah. You, your clients, your customers are coming from where you're shipping to where, I mean, just give us geographically, and then why, why Marion, Illinois? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> so my customers are located uh, all over the world. Um, I would say 60% or so are outside of the U.S. Really? Um, wow. That's an easy question to answer because they can't have, they can't physically have the goods with them, they need to be within the U.S. So okay. they send them to a facility like ours, um, and we're the, you know, the hands-on for them within the U.S. and take care of all the fulfillment needs. 
Um, and then we've got the rest of our customers within the U.S. that they've scaled up enough to where they they physically can't take care of their products themselves, um, or they don't want to. You know, it's it's not a scalable solution to take the, all that on yourself unless you're willing to hire a crew, um, have your own warehouse, have all your facilities, have all your quality control, and everything that comes with that. Um, as far as why Marion, um, our location is is very important. Uh, many fulfillment centers are on the coast, either east coast or west coast. So if they're doing individual order fulfillment, they're having to ship across the U.S. many times to get from their fulfillment center to the end customer. So with us being in the center of the country, we have many cities within a local radius, a couple hundred mile radius, and we can reach those coasts, east coast, west coast, uh, faster and cheaper than going from one end of the country to the other. Wow. Yeah. So roughly how many products, how many different products do you have in your warehouse? That's almost impossible to answer. <laughs> There's probably hundreds, thousands, 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 tens of thousands, tens of thousands. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Some of my customers have, I probably have five customers with over 2000 SKUs a piece. Wow. And those are individual separate items, whether it's a size difference or total product difference. Um, so just in a handful of customers, there's probably 10,000 units uh, or SKUs. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, it can be fun to manage at times. <laughs> but, <laughs> I could imagine. Yeah, but um, again, going back to the manufacturing days, I bring in a lot of that quality control, um, efficiencies. I really try to focus on standard work um, and standardizing processes to where it's very repeatable and much easier to manage. Yeah. Try to get the chaos out of the way. Sometimes it's hard, but uh, there's there's ways to go about things to to make it more manageable. And is it all truck transportation, or how does it get get here, and how does it ship out? So we have a lot of semis uh, that come and go on a daily basis. Um, but I would say probably half of what we send out is small parcel, which would be UPS, FedEx, okay. Postal Service. Um, we have a high volume customer that's all postal service it's all media products um so we fill up the back end of one two three trucks a day uh, ups uh, postal service um sometimes we get deliveries from them too with five ups trucks that show up and, okay. and empty out at the same time and how many people do you employ i've got 11 employees plus myself okay does that fluctuate or does it pretty much stay the same? It does. We hired a, a couple of extra people for this season, it's this Christmas up, season. Yeah. Christmas. We get really busy. Um, one of the focuses that I've had in the past few years, though, is to level that out to where in the off seasons, we're just as busy as the the busy season, so to speak, yeah. Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do you have <clears> – <throat> so the customers that you – what you consider our customers are people with products Mm -hmm. that are bringing their product to you for you to take care of all of those logistics of prepping and shipping, Mm -hmm. correct? Yes. Okay. And you said about 60% of those come from outside the United States? The customers, customers. my customers are located outside of the U.S., about 60%. Um, We do get a lot of goods from China directly or some other country some international country but there are several that are made right here in the u.s okay any local 
Mm. Locally made? Yes. Not in this general region. Um, I'm trying to think of what the closest product would be. I'd have to think about that one. Okay. <laughs> Are you looking at for that? Are yes, you? yes. I'm looking for, I would love to have a customer from this region that has uh, a product or, or products that they sell that they either they want to get more exposure. Um, the online market is huge. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week versus having a storefront where you're open eight to five mm -hmm. and you're trying to pull people in the door that are walking by out, out front or within this region. You're limited is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. uh, E-commerce is worldwide and like I said, it, it never stops. So it's a great market to get into um, and get some exposure. So I would love to bring on a, a manufacturer or someone, again, that's got their own product line that would like to get those products further out from here. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that growth because you said you've tripled yep. your income. So there has mm -hmm. to be some growing pains. What kind of growing pains have you had? Uh, well, I would say personnel, uh, getting, getting the right people in the right jobs. Um, you've got a lot of people that it's really difficult to teach them what we do and show them what we do. That's where the standards and uh, the workflows come into play and try to make it to where anybody can do the job. Mm -hmm. But um, our stuff is very customer specific and we need to treat those products like they're our own. Yeah. So getting the right people in the right positions is, yeah. is key. So that would be one thing. Um, you know, capital at times, trying to scale fast enough and owning a warehouse is not cheap. You mm -hmm. know, when it comes to um, that warehouse, when I took over, we didn't have any equipment. Mm -hmm. uh, we didn't have any forklifts or racks or shelving or anything. So we really had to scale these past few years and purchase a lot of stuff. So mm -hmm. getting that, getting that in time, making the right purchases at the right time, that's very important. There's a lot of decisions to be made there. Um, you know, making the wrong decision can can tie you up or, or pull you backwards, really. Yeah. So how do you, I'm, I'm very curious to know, how do your customers find you? That's a really good question. Um, so what, what I've done is focused on um, either mentors or influencers that have a following or find those groups, starting with Facebook, those groups of sellers Mm -hmm. If there's a successful seller, they know another successful seller nine times out of ten. And they're usually part of a mastermind group or some other group that um, they, they all get together and share ideas. So it's been my goal to find people within those spaces, do a good job for them or one of their people that they refer to us, and then it just grows from there. So word of mouth is huge for us. Mm -hmm. um, we've done some... Uh, in-person events. I went to White Label, New York here a couple weeks ago in Manhattan. Uh, met quite a few people there. Um, we've done another event in Las Vegas and then we've got uh, our website where we have SEO and you know some Google services that help attract specific types of people. We target those groups um, and keywords to try to bring that in. Mm -hmm. So, but number one is word of mouth. I mean mm -hmm. that that can make or break us in a hurry too. I always tell my people that that it's very important we do a good job to get more customers, but also so we don't lose customers. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that this isn't your normal 
training an employee and just setting them loose because there is so much quality assurance behind everything. Mm -hmm. So how do you manage that? How do you um, go through that training process when you onboard somebody? Well, I go, I like to give them the full picture view and help them understand what it's like as a seller to see what the seller goes through, um, help them envision putting thousands of dollars on the line and never seeing what you bought and you're trusting someone else to touch that product, take care of that product and get it to where it needs to go. So um, I try to give that that approach and get the buy-in that way and then also have systems in place that um, they can comfortably follow to get going and then I limit the exposure and how much I have them do until we're comfortable for the next phase. So we try to stair step, you know, a little at a time. Yeah. They may start off with the with the the simpler of projects as well, with just the prepping, barcoding, that type of stuff, and then go into more customer relations type uh, positions. Yeah, but you're a system and processes guy. I mean, from military training, engineering, Eisen work, this is you're applying all this, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of everything. So that that background comes into play every day. It's excellent. Yep. Yeah. What's your favorite part about it? about being a business owner, doing what you do? Uh, I think it's the the control. It may sound bad, but I like controlling my daily activities. Um, I like putting those things in place and seeing the results and being able to get the data from those activities to um, map that out and show progress. Um, I like helping people as well. You know, that's a big part of what we do. We're helping people. We're helping our employees. Uh, We're paying our employees to live. I just like the the full circle of, of all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you give a example of a day in the life of what you do? Mm. Yeah. And you're, if you're so. <laughs> like most entrepreneurs, that changes every day. It but does. you can kind of give us a, an overview or maybe even just an overview of like what your week looks like. Sure, sure. Well, I have many hats hanging on the wall, mm-hmm. as many small business owners do. Um, my current process is I'm, I'm handling a lot of the things that I will eventually hand over to somebody else, um, like the billing, like uh, customer relations, like the quoting. Um, but my day starts off with that, with billing, checking on previous day's activity, uh, meeting with my operations manager, getting a game plan for the day and for the week, forecasting out whatever's coming in for that week that's out of the, out of the normal, out of the ordinary, um, making sure they're prepared and leaving room time-wise for them to be able to accomplish that. Um, Then I go through and I do follow-ups with my customers or potential customers. Uh, I I have a tracking that I do where every so often I reach out to people in my funnel to try to capture more business. Um, And then the business side of it, um, whether it's working on the website with the website team or I've got a software team that is continuously developing our software to keep up with all of the changes and demands of the marketplace, Uh, meeting with them, uh, meeting with advertising, other business owners. Um, Just through the week, you kind of hit all those key points, Uh, maybe not every day, but you know, you kind of rotate through all of those. Are those all in-house? So your Mm -hmm. website team or the... um your software team, are those in-house or are those contracted out? They're contracted out. Okay. Yeah, they're in the U.S., um, but we meet via Zoom or, you know, some video conference and or email 
and keep up that way. Yeah. Have you found support here in, in a small town like Marion? Uh, what kind of support have you found? Um, well, I found support with um, simple things like our shirts and uniforms yeah. and, and that type of stuff um, with printing. So I have a, a yeah. lot of customers, like I said, with branded products. I, I have uh, the print shop help out with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyler and I have a good relationship and my customers know him by name and they go to him and have him print out X amount of products and he brings them over to me. You know, mm-hmm. we have that type of relationship where I don't provide all the services, but I know, I try to know people that do mm-hmm. and try to hand that off to a local business as mm-hmm. much as possible. That's good. Yeah, that's... Well, this is back-to-back interviews that Tyler's at yeah. the yeah. shop has been brought up. <laughs> has he? Yeah. And then, of course, Nicole Lindsay has done our branding good good on our try to tag him like yours yeah <laughs> at wit and wisdom so yeah. good so now that you've owned the business for a few years mm-hmm. is there anything that any advice you would have given yourself when you first started that you know now that maybe you didn't know then i would say reach out to people that are already doing something similar on their own it may not be the warehousing piece but someone that's running their own day-to-day operation and keep them close by and really lean on them for help to to make those right decisions those early decisions are really important like i said uh, spending money you can spend money in the wrong place and it can actually hurt you more than help or you can put it in the right place and it can drastically change how your business operates so i would say having those people close by and leaning on them would be very important the networking mm-hmm. piece very good if you had services uh, business services support mm-hmm. services like at ethos small business incubator what would you be looking for how would you utilize those anything as far as well we do coaching and workshops and training and so the offerings mm-hmm. yeah okay um i would probably list out those areas of need that I'm that I'm looking for Mm -hmm. um, and compare that to the list of offerings that that particular um, Mm -hmm. ethos or Mm -hmm. or group offers Mm -hmm. and see how that could benefit us or how I could benefit others with say what we do yeah yeah I think you have a lot of knowledge and experience to help us well I hope so (laughs) (laughs) um in your field of expertise, do you have any tips or um, suggestions to give to our listeners on um, on this type of model of business? So you're wanting to know if they wanted to start a business like this or on my customer side? More on the customer, customer side. side. Yeah. So I would say... Uh, again, the e-commerce marketplace is huge. It's still in the early stages from from what you hear everywhere. It's still a small percentage of the total retail, mm. and it operates 24-7, and you can reach people around the globe very easily. Um, there's specific things you need to focus on to be successful in that um, because it's not as easy as just putting something online to sell. Um, so I would say reach out to someone like us or find someone that teaches how to do that and don't be afraid to follow them and even spend some money to have a mentor because that little bit of money 
can take you a long way and really get get some exposure that you wouldn't get otherwise. Yeah. And you mentioned on the tour that, that I was able to be part of at your facility that sometimes we think backwards. We th- uh, An entrepreneur thinks about what do I love to create? And then I try to find a marketplace for that. But yep. you kind of went the other direction. Can you explain? Yeah. So uh, a large part of what's taught is to look at what's already selling. Look what what's already um, moving that's already trendy, that's already hot. trending yeah that's yeah. already um, got momentum and see where you fit in and see what you can find that would sell within that marketplace um, it's great to come up with your own product we need that as well mm-hmm. um, but if you're just looking to get online and try to make some money selling products go go research and find what is moving um, because you can work backwards and just tweak your product just a little bit to make it that much better or fix a problem that people are buying it anyway, but they complain about a specific problem, fix that problem and yeah. take that market share. So it's it's highly competitive, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. there's lots of opportunity. That's awesome. For those that are interested in product, e-commerce and uh, selling product, what where is the most helpful resource uh, for them to tap into? I would say reach out to me directly and I can help guide you down the right path because there are many paths to follow uh, mm-hmm. that you can go down. Um, my website is uh, www.weprepship.com. Just fill out the contact us form, let me know what you're looking to achieve and then I can get in contact and help you out. Yeah, is that the best way to find you? I would say so. Uh, we've got many affiliates as well that I can put people in contact with. Yeah. What's well, awesome. You're here in Marion, Illinois. Yeah. It's a great business. And I think, as you said, it's fertile ground. It's just e-commerce is something that's going to grow and grow and grow. Yeah, I think so. Um, I like that it is a small town. I like that we're bringing outside money in to this small town. We're catering to people from all over the place and kind of flying under the radar at the same time. Good. Yeah. Well, Josh, thank you so much for being here today and talking about your business. I'm I'm just fascinated by it. So I think our listeners are going to be fascinated too. And good. Thank you, Josh. All right. Thank you. Excellent. We want to thank everyone for tuning in to Small Town Big Business. And we want to thank our sponsors for supporting us and the Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond, Harley Davidson, and RV, Fowler Heating and Cooling, the Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and also Union Street Arts. And again, don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so that you will get notifications when we release new episodes every two weeks. Again, my name is Allison Hassler. Thanks for listening. And I'm Russell Williams. 